and welcome to another edition of IDS Talks. My name is Jonathan Sachs, Chief Revenue Officer at IDS, and today we're joined by Mark Turco. He's our CTO uh, to talk about fake evidence, specifically a fake computer. Uh, Mark uh, is a colleague of mine uh, based out of our DC office been with us actually for two stints. This is stint number number two for him and thrilled to have him join me today. Welcome, Mark. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it. So IDS has been handling a number of what I'll refer to as fake evidence cases. Uh, something didn't smell right. There's, the attorney's gut just said something's something's off here. And we've looked at fake texts, fake websites, fake contracts. And you, sir, had the pleasure of looking at a fake computer. Yes, it was actually a very interesting case because it involved two uh, people on the other side who were serious technologists who worked as software engineers and understood the interaction of computers and software and people, and yet they thought that they could produce a computer that purported to be something that it in fact was not. And an interesting fact in technology and forensics is that you can retrieve a record of just about every fine-grained action that's happened on a computer since an operating system was installed. And they did not understand that that was the case and bought a computer, a new computer, copied a few files to it and sent it as though it were a computer that had been in use. And we were able to prove that the computer they provided was a fake, was a dummy. And as a result of that, they were punished with sanctions and the case was thrown out of court. Okay, so let me let me get this straight. Hypothetically, I'm asked by someone to turn over my computer. Now, if I'm a good guy, I turn it over as is. If I want to be a little sketchy, maybe I delete some files off of the computer. Start with this question. If that was the case, would, would you and would, would the consulting team at IDS be able to determine perhaps that I took that action of deleting something off of my computer. Absolutely. There, I do not know of any interaction you can have with a computer that is not tracked in some way by one of the various levels of logging and auditing that is performed invisibly in the background on a computer on an ongoing basis. And that's something that many people, even very technical people, do not understand. Every single keystroke that you put into that computer, you're building records of what you've done and and they can be determined. Okay, so now I want to be an even worse guy. And I want to attempt to not just delete the information I don't want you to see. I'm going to go and get one of these third-party tools and I'm going to attempt to wipe my computer clean. If well, I do, if if I do that, can you still tell that I took some sort of action or use some sort of? Absolutely. Life? So, uh, 
perhaps speaking hypothetically, perhaps not. Um, certainly, if someone uh, changed, deleted a number of files from a computer, changed a date to some point in the past, then copied files as though they had copied the files in that date in the past and then reset it to the current date, you have a record of all of the actions that were performed to create what appears from a user's point of view, working with files through a directory viewer. Um, you have a record of everything that was done to create this false artifact. So, you know, just as when you paint, uh, a person might see a finished painting that's beautiful, you can see every brushstroke that was used to create that painting when you look at it forensically. Oh, I, I like that. It's like you're the Bob Ross of investigation. Here. <laughs> I'll show you how to paint a tree. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, so we're going to skip the, if I was really, really bad, taking a taking a, a shotgun, maybe not a shotgun, taking some gun, shooting my hard drive in the computer, turning it over in that way, assuming the platters can't spin or the solid state device has now been destroyed, you would at least physically see I did something. Let's yeah. go back. Okay, so let's go yes. back back to back to the situation you faced. So, client gets a computer from someone. At that point, did they suspect I have a fake computer? No, I mean what what's interesting and part of our challenge too is taking what's highly complex data about what's happened inside a computer and presenting it in a way that it's very obvious to everyone what occurred. So when you're working with a computer, there are tens of millions of audit records, maybe hundreds of millions that you generate every day from working with a computer across all of the different audit and logging files that, that, be, that become filled over time. So it's very important to take all of this, you know, mountain of information and, and produce the one or two or three or 20 key facts uh, that show what happened. And one of the things we did is once we realized it was a dummy computer, uh, another mechanism that once you hear it, you go, oh, that's obvious, but people don't think of is you can check a serial number. For example, Macs, uh, Mac uh, Apple products come with a standard one year warranty. So you can take a serial number, um, compare it to the Mac database of computers, and by walking back one year from the when the support expires, you can see when it was purchased. So we did that as one of the, no, the normal things once we knew that we weren't being given what was purported, and we were able to find that the computer had been purchased the day before the acquisition. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Um, so at what point? Do you, well, or the client say to the other side, dun, 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 this is a fake computer? Well, it, it came out in a hearing um, to, there had been a number of motions to compel to produce the evidence that was not contained on the dummy computer either. Uh, so it, it came to light in a hearing uh, to ask for sanctions. And uh, after reviewing our evidence uh, within a week, the judge came back and, and gave the decision that um, our party would prevail in all of the um, various asks for the case. Interesting. Let me uh, let me ask you this one. Was this your first fake computer case? 
It was my first fake computer case. It's not my first fake data case. It's really interesting how as computers become more ubiquitous in society, people become very comfortable with using them and utilizing them to manufacture things, but don't realize that there are a number of ways um, uh, related to the amount of data you're actually generating that make it very hard for someone who um, is knowledgeable in the field to not be able to determine how something was built or when it was built or what it truly represents. Um, There was a case where that we had where people were purporting that they had a capability to sell tickets. And through examination of some of the artifacts, we determined that we didn't believe that was happening. And then we just went back and looked at the ticket dates for concert events and realized that they had made a mistake. And they had uh, a one-day mistake where supposedly the band at the venue at the date, it did not exist. So they had supposedly sold thousands of tickets to a non-existent event. So Often there's a combination of getting to a place with certainty through technology and then backing it up with easy to understand um, pieces of information to present to the court. So in this fake computer case, what do you think was the most compelling part? Was it the, it was a Mac and we had the date of purchase as the, as the big red flag or was it the there's stuff that's there's a lot of stuff that's been installed and then that's about it that's on here yeah i think from an evidence perspective for me as a technologist all of the evidence of the explicit actions that had been taken to make it appear as though it were being used when it clearly wasn't through the examination that was the 99% i think the 99% from the court was simply Clearly, this wasn't being used. It was bought the day before. And then that's backed up by the detailed evidence to whatever um, extent you know the judge or, or the counsel wants to dive into it. But I, I think the simple to understands for the consuming audience are the ones that have the most power. Well, f- for me, it's developing the background with the team and all of the supporting evidence that contains the power to have the confidence to then try and find the, the simple to explain pieces. So I want to talk a bit about the the simple to explain pieces. So our colleague, Dan Regard, has handled cases where uh, a case in particular, I'm thinking, where it was a fake text or it was a fake PDF of an alleged text or string of texts. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, he had found dozens and dozens of examples where we could prove that this was a fake text. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he was preparing his expert report and talking to the court, uh, the idea was to make it so simple that the judge could say, even I would be able to notice or be able to determine this is not a legit text. Did you take a same approach here in this so that it made it so simple that the judge could sit there and say, oh, well, that's clear to me. Yeah, I, I, I think that always has to be the goal. And, and that's part of the value we add is, is eliminating the technical jargon and the, the requirement to understand sophisticated techniques and, and presenting things in a way that 
um, you know, any layman can understand. I, I think that's critical for success. I had a similar case with, um, with faked messages and, and they weren't central to it, but they were, um, you know, part. And, and when you're trying to build a representation of a screen, there are a number of things for a, for a purported screenshot. There are a number of things you have to do um, in a number of different dimensions. And I think people, you know, think it's a simple thing to fake a screenshot. But if you're purporting something happened at a specific time, there are a number of things that have to be in place for it to be accurate. And for me, in this particular case, I'm thinking of certain iPhone versions have been released at certain dates throughout history. So when someone presents a screen that's perfect, but it's a version of iPhone that hadn't been released when they say the screenshot is taken, you know, that couldn't exist. So there's, there are a lot of different ways that, you know, people may think they're successfully creating a fictitious artifact that it, it's a very, very hard thing to do if you have the expertise to dig into it and, and not get caught. Interesting. All right. So now for my fun question, what are you currently binge watching? Oh gosh. Um, so I'm not currently binge watching a series. I've been into documentaries recently. There are a lot of good documentaries and bad ones on a number of topics, but I've been doing the documentary thing. So, um, maybe some true crime documentaries, some documentaries, you know, looking back at figures or events. Um, the, the last really good, I, I, there's a, actually a mini series I'd like to binge. Um, uh, Breaking Bad. I've seen a few of those episodes and have never seen the series. So I'd like to, I'd like to do that. And um, the other one, I think Mad Med would be fun. How, first of all, how is it possible you've not watched Breaking Bad? And then you're going to have to go down the rabbit hole of Better Call Saul. Um, we need to talk about this. Although I will say, I, I'll give a little bit of asterisk by the answer. I, I'm like halfway through It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, which is so inappropriate and so funny. I, I love it. I I watch Welcome to Wrexham. So oh, I absolutely. I saw that as well. Both Have you seen? Oh, so it's only, when does the second season come out? It's got to be soon. Soon. He's coming. Apparently, the team's coming over here to the U.S. to play in a seven-on-seven competition, and then there'll be some friendly matches. Hmm. All right. So um, what's your prediction? Do they get uh, promoted at the end of the next oh, season? Oh, I hope so. They I hope very so. close. That'd be a good Cinderella story. And it was a turnaround. They did, they did turn around the team. Well, you give me a lot of money, and I can try to turn around a team, too. <laughs> exactly. Not going to talk about any. You already have those Hollywood boyish good looks. You just need some money, and you'll be all set. That is true. Unfortunately, this is a podcast, not a video, so uh, our listeners aren't going to be able to experience that. But if they go to idsinc.com and check out the our team page, they can Jonathan definitely. Sachs. There you go. Exactly. Exactly. Well, uh, I want to thank you, Mark, uh, for joining us today. I'd also like to thank our regular subscribers and those who may be first-time listeners. If you'd like to learn more about IDS or you want to subscribe to our IDS Talks podcast, you can visit idsinc.com or go to wherever you normally get your podcasts from. Thank you again for joining us, and I look forward to talking more about data with you on our next edition of IDS Talks. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks again, Mark. Thank you.